And welcome to another episode of Take This Job and Love It. My name is Brian Fournette, and I am a member of the staff at the Office of Career Strategy here at Yale University. This podcast is for the purposes of talking about the various aspects of the job and career search, helping demystify various uh, points along the way in that process, and helping you make sense of it all. Uh, And today, I have the esteemed pleasure of being joined by... Stephanie Waite from Yale's Office of Career Strategy. I'm part of the Common Good and Creative Careers team. I'm Molly Grun. I'm a PhD student in biomedical engineering and also a fellow at the Office of Career Strategy. And I am Brian Bank, also a PhD student, but in the Department of Psychology and a member of the Office of Career Strategies. So we've got some some insider student uh, perspectives today. Um, bringing you the topic, the somewhat often dreaded topic, there's no other great way to dress it up topic of networking. And Did you hear the silent screams? I just, <laughs> just, just tumbleweed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the people from Yale are going to talk about networking. This is going to be a great listen. But um, you know, today's perspective, we're trying to, to underscore the importance of, of this process, how it will articulate a number of different skills that are of relevance uh, to to any job search, but also help those that may feel the pangs of uh, existential instability, wondering, is this right for me? What else is there? How, sh- how can I be better informed? How can I feel that confidence and security in what I'm currently doing? I think that's sometimes uh, not always seen as a uh, potential benefit of this process. So, um, you know, this is terrible, right? Networking? It's terrible. <laughs> we hate it. We, it sucks. Everybody doesn't like it. That's a univer- I think we all can agree that even for the most outgoing people, and I think that's often a, a, a popular misconception that, oh, well, the outgoing, the, the, the type A's, the extroverts, they love it. And as someone who, who probably sits more in that camp than anything, I know whenever I have to, to just think about who to talk to and how to oh, – I don't want to bother them. I don't know. It's it's difficult, right? Um, you yeah. Know, so we we have to try, try to think about how to how to jump into this. Right. So, and I and I think oftentimes like folks will get this image or idea in their head of what networking entails, and perhaps the image that comes to mind is you know a bunch of folks in you know suits hobnobbing with some kind of cocktail in their hand, right? And and that's not what we're talking about. That's um, that, that might be an element or an aspect or a step in the process, but certainly we're talking about networking is really talking to people, right? Talking to people who are doing the type of work that seems of interest to you um, so that you can have that opportunity to learn whether or not that's a good fit. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say talking to somebody in a suit. I was talking to a friend of mine just before coming here about the networking uh, event and just just talking about it. And he said, oh, yeah, networking. You find a guy in a suit, talk to guy in suit, get job from guy in suit. <laughs> and that was that was his perception of networking. And I was like, eh, not, not really. But, right, right. but it's yeah. a comp- – so, so how old was this person? 25, 26. Okay, so already kind of been through educational system, right? Like maybe they've already applied for a few jobs, but they still have that same image. Right, and it's a it's a wonder why that is the common theme as to what people perceive as networking because there's so many other ways that you can go about networking. And that, I think, is one of the key um, – the keys to finding a how to network for you is – 
personalizing it to who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's also about trying to identify or, or just at least acknowledge that this is you're doing this because you're interested in something. Right, because when you put the word, it's like it, it's trope. Networking as a term is very tropey, right? It's like saying the word synergy. Like I think it's become, <laughs> it's become, it, it's been like memified in a way that we look at it and just you, your immediate reaction is to roll your eyes at it. Right. But if I'm interested in, like, I like to ski, so if I'm gonna. If I want to talk, if someone wants to talk to me about skiing, I'm going to be interested in that. Or if I want to talk about a particular aspect of music that I enjoy, I'm going to want to engage. And the topic is more career driven. But if you were interested in what you're doing, if that was that's <laughs> a big if. If yes, yes, always key. The hope. The hope that you have some pangs of interest in what you're doing that you would probably be willing to engage with that individual, and so it becomes more information gathering than anything else. But when we, we put that, that rigidity to it, the starch from the term, I think, has a very long uh, shelf life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also a little bit, um, you know, dangerous is probably too strong of a word, but it, it's a little bit more fearful if you're thinking, I have to talk to this person in order to get a job. Um, and, and rather than thinking about it that way, I often encourage students to think about what the what the goal is. So what is the goal of the research that you're doing or um, the type of work that you want to do in a nonprofit organization or within the government? What are, what are those elements that are driving you and driving your interest? I want to alleviate homelessness in San Francisco. How can I talk to people to find out ways in which this has already been done, this has been tried? Um, you know, what are some of the, the different approaches or methodologies? You know, I got to talk to people in order to get to that point of having better knowledge around the thing that interests me. So I often uh, share with students, let's go ahead and just move that spotlight. The spotlight's not on you. The spotlight's not on that person that you're looking to talk to. But the spotlight is on that collective or shared goal. And that shared goal is whatever it is that you're working toward. Absolutely. I, th- I think in looking at that goal and just an easy way to, to conceptualize it, something that I often say to individuals who, who, again, come with that eye roll is that, again, it's, it's information gathering in its simplest form. And that's pretty basic. You know, no, most people understand how to do that in, in a number of different scenarios, and yet this scenario s- seems to elude them. So... I often say, you know, if you walk out of your home or whatever building you're in and you go to somebody on the street and you're like, I need $50, like most people are not going to give you $50. And if I don't that, know. Brian, if I saw you on the street and you needed $50. I appreciate that. Yeah. Boy, could I use $50. It just so, just so happens. Could use some lunch. Uh, no, but even if the individual has $50, you're a complete question mark. Why would I – why would they give you the money? Right. Um, you know, for good, bad, or otherwise, that's, that's just, there's a lot of unknowns there. And so if, like your friend mentioned, like, talk to guy in suit, get job from guy in suit, it still, it makes it hyper-transactional. And the transaction, the, the benefit of that transaction is a very, is, it, it, there's a lot to it, a job. Without case, a doubt. And right? there's a lot of pressure behind that transaction when right. you're going into it that way. And, you know, like Stephanie mentioned, it purpose to get a job, if that's the way you're approaching networking, there's going to be a lot of anxiety built up around going into that event. And that just makes the event um, – and calling it an event I think is also kind of a, a weird thing to say because it's, networking to me is not just an event. 
it is a it is a process. It is an engagement. It is a more of a, a long term, uh, just way in which you go about operating with other individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's where I'm at right now in my life. Is networking to me is every time I'm meeting somebody, it is a way to get to know more about who they are and what they're doing. And that's exactly right. I think the idea is, again, there's a lot of risk involved uh, if you see it so transactionally. And so like, yeah, well, I might not give you $50 to your point. If you instead came up to me and asked me for directions, that's information. I'm Mm going to give you that information. And it suddenly de-escalates the severity of what is being asked. And most people have no problem asking questions and being inquisitive about things that are of interest to them. So back to Molly's point, like it has to be of interest, right? <laughs> yeah. And and that suddenly takes away a lot of the secrecy um, for, for most because they've done that in some way, shape, or form. If they have a hobby or they have an interest academically or they have uh, even, you know, extracurricularly speaking, something that just intrigues them, they're going to pursue it. And so it's the same type of pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thinking about this as a concept, and I, I want to turn to, to Molly and Brian to, to, to see what their thoughts are on the matter. You know, where are the, and you can speak from personal experience or, <laughs> you know, hypothetically, uh, you know, where are, what are the, the biggest uh, monsters here? Is it that someone's going to tell you, no, I don't want to talk to you? Or they're going to be like, well, that's a dumb question. Or, or is, is it something else? Is it something more nebulous? Well, <laughs> I feel like... Um, well, networking is always pushed on students as this really all important thing, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think that most students just think of networking sessions, you know, the people wearing suit and cocktails and those being very unapproachable and don't necessarily have a lot of other hands-on ideas of how to make networking happen. You know, Mm -hmm. it just seems like this thing we should do, but we don't know how to go about it. Yeah, and that's that's definitely how I felt. Um, I feel like I've come to a point where um, networking is something I enjoy, actually. So I'm one of those oddballs that uh, has has come to actually look forward to networking events or times to network. But when I started out, it was very much from that fearful standpoint of also thinking of, like, what do I have to offer to this situation? Yeah. Um, and that was scary of entering into this, thinking of it as this job opportunity and having feeling like I didn't have anything to bring to the table um, or that they would value. Well, Brian, I'm curious, what are the, you said you really like networking. Like what are some opportunities you've had to do networking? That Great question. And actually, once I've started to open my eyes to the joys of networking, there have been, <laughs> there have oh. actually. Oh, I never expected <laughs> that phrase to come out. We, the joys of networking. We have an episode True. title. We have, we have an episode title. There have been an innumerable number of networking events that I've been able to be a part of, and they haven't all looked the same. So sometimes they have been the company comes, gives a a presentation, and there's a bunch of executives or employees there, and you go and socialize with them in a very formal setting. But then I've also had a number of opportunities where a guy I know knows a guy who knows a person and – they know that I'm interested in something that person's doing, and so they connect me. And then from there, I just carry on a conversation, set up a phone interview or meeting, uh, informational 
interviewing, that sort of thing. And it is through a process of just building relationships with these individuals where I get to know not just what their job is, but how they got there, what they find enjoyable about it, what they don't like about their jobs, that I have started to like build this network of people where from an outside perspective, you could see it as networking. But like while you're in the moment, while I'm in the moment, it is simply building a relationship with other people that are fascinated and interested in something that I find interesting. So, so what was, can you, I'm, I'm sure this was very, uh, impactful moment in your life, but do you, do you happen to recall the scenario where like that turned for you? Cause you alluded to having sort of a trepidation towards it and now you've, you've named the episode. So where, where did that flip? I think honestly it was when I had a positive networking experience right. where I went to it fearful, but then had this moment where the person I was interacting with was very laid back and provided a comfortable atmosphere for me to kind of let down my guard a little bit and just build this relationship. And from that, we – friends would be too close, but, like, we started to develop just this back-and-forth exchange with each other that we were both pretty much interested in what the other person had to offer in terms of just, like, who they are. And so having that positive event where things went well – I think is what turned the tide. That's great. And so so you went into that experience then with the realization that the information you'd get is the goal. Yeah. 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 Af- okay. After after that, for sure. Yeah. And when I was able to let my guard down, that is what I turned it to instead of a, I'm here to get a job. Right. It, was almost, it was unconsciously, oh, no, I'm just interested in this person. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it turned into was more getting to know about this person. That's excellent. And I think that that is where, for a lot of people, I think where it flips is when they finally have the realization of the clarification. I think because of the stuffiness of the term, it seems very transactional. I mean, you, as soon as you say people in suits, you're thinking <laughs> transaction, right? So no. so then if you, you eliminate that factor or you redefine what the transaction is uh, for the benefit of, mm-hmm. it may take away other elements of that. So, so let's talk nuts and bolts then for a second, because I know, like Molly, you mentioned this. Um, okay, so I have to go do this all-important networking thing, but what do I actually do? So I'm going to drill in a little bit here, Brian, with you um, and, and ask you, um, so what, you know, what was it that you were prepared to say about yourself when you approached uh, this individual at mm-hmm. this networking event? Um, what were, you know, what did the exchange really feel like? What were, like, if you were given a little bit of a step-by-step instruction on how to prepare for these events or interactions or conversations, what advice would you have? Well, there's a difference between what I went into it with and what I what advice I would give to give into uh, to go into it with. Okay. Um, I enough. went initially into it with a, hey, here's my resume in my head, and I can talk to these points, and I just need to try and find a way to work in the good things that I've done that make me a useful candidate that they might want to engage with further. And so I think that was a lot of how I had prepared thinking I wanted to go into it with. Um, but so, then, so you were thinking about your skills, your experiences. Ah, okay. Right. I had this traditional view when I set up, when I started of what I think people think networking is like of highlighting the self, showcasing the self. 
and what it turned into, and this is what I would, I think we've been talking about this, but what I would recommend how people prepare is really downplaying the self and that it is not about the self, um, but it is much more about letting the other person talk. You know, we, in, I'm a psychologist and we know that people love to talk about themselves. And so if you get into a conversation with somebody and you allow them to speak to what they love, to what they enjoy, they walk away from that interaction with uh, just a positive feeling. And that's associate, that is going to be associated with you. Um, and so how I would prepare is honestly just coming up with a list of questions, honest questions that you have that you want to know. Maybe you've gotten an answer to this from somebody else in the past, but you want to know this person's perspective on it, or you haven't gotten an answer and you want to know how this person feels about that sort of thing. So coming up with a list of questions, I think is the key starting point. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think that definitely helps also take away any unintended fear that may be, if you're not the type A outgoing mm-hmm. type, to be like, all right, I know how I know how at least to initiate the engagement. And I know how, because like, to your point, you're going to let them talk. They're going to sort of drive the car and they're going to bring you into their world. And I think that is a helpful clarification point for a lot of those that may look at this and see it as, again, very dry. Um, because with each individual, you're likely to get different information because of a different lived experience. Um, Molly, I'm wondering if you could tell us, you know, has your experiences with this process, like, where has this taken you in terms of how you maybe came into, like, the why you're doing this? And did you leave those engagements with anything that helped you understand how to move forward? Well, I have to be honest, I haven't done a lot of networking. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's sort of why I'm asking. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just, I'm very intimidated by it. And um, I, I suppose I've done sort of local within Yale, reaching out to other labs to further my research projects and mm-hmm. stuff. But I think, like I said, networking is something that has been this nebulous thing that everyone's always told me, like, it's so important, you need to do it. But I just, um, I don't think I found a lot of actionable ways to start the process. That's that's fair. I mean, let me ask just to, to reconfigure for, as it may relate to your situation, but just let me try this. Like you, you go to academic conferences for your work. Is that right? Uh, I haven't been to very many yet. You haven't yet. been to many yeah. yet. Okay. So I've found it, and why I asked is because I found that for a lot of PhDs and postdocs, as they progress through their process, they're going to a lot of these conferences. And when they're in these conferences, they're rubbing elbows and having, you know, long conversations with folks about their work and the research and opportunities for collaboration. And there lies unto itself the conversation. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the structural method is all right there. The topic can shift. And so the muscle memory remains for a lot of those individuals. And sometimes the, the folks that I've talked to about where, where they've done that, but they still are having trouble wrapping their head around the other piece, they realize that that, that muscle memory is there. And that sometimes takes a lot of the, the starch out of it for them. Yeah, so I want to hear more, Molly, about the, <laughs> um, the intimidation factor because I imagine that majority of our listeners are going to very much align themselves in, in that in that camp of 
this is an intimidating process. This is um, a nebulous process, you know, um, even extracting some of the elements and how to prepare and what to do and what to say and those kinds of things. Um, there's, there's, there's no substitute for experiential learning, right, in, in this, uh, especially in something like networking. So tell me a little bit about some of those, um, the feelings of intimidation, things that, um, that are stopping you from wanting to engage in this process. Yeah, well, Brian, going back to your point about academic conferences and you saying, like, you know, scientists go there and they rub elbows and they don't necessarily see that as networking, but it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see that as networking, okay. and I'm very afraid of conferences. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I think that I see I, – I, when I was an undergrad, I went to a conference with my PI, and I saw him go and rub elbows with all the people who he knows, and I see those events as – Places where people who already know people can feel comfortable, but Uh, it's hard to break into that. You know, it's hard to know nobody and go and go with your PI who goes off and catches up with all of his friends and be like, who do I talk to? I don't know anyone here. Um, It's almost like there's this activation energy that you have to put in and meet lots of people so that when you go back to the conferences, you have people to catch up with. Mm. Um, And I... I don't have that yet, so yeah. it, it makes me intimidated. So it's that starting point, then. It's that 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 sort of spark, yeah, uh, the perceived spark that would then justify the means by which the conversation goes forward. Yeah, and as it relates to this process, your you know the way we try to explain it is your interest in what they are doing, ideally, creates the spark or is the spark unto itself. It is the matter, though, of, of engaging, the mm-hmm. matter of stepping up to that person, of breaking that circle. And that is, you know, we can't pretend that that's easy for everybody. I think I think everyone kind of finds their way. I think something that we often advise, rather than diving into the deep end of the pool at the conference full of anonymous faces, <laughs> is maybe, and this is something we do in exercises through our workshops, is trying to engage with your peers uh, those in your department or your program or your your class level, uh, those at the internship you're currently working at or whatever the scenario where it's a little bit more familiar. And while, um, you know, the person sitting next to you at that internship over the summer may not be the person you're like, what, why, what are they going to give? You know, we're in the same <laughs> scenario. It may be more, do you know anyone that dot, dot, dot. And now at least you have a mutual acquaintance. At the very least, you can fall back on, oh, how do you know my friend, so-and-so? You know, there can be at least more of a personal engagement there, and it may lead into, it may allow for you to more gradually get into the deeper waters of, of this type of conversation. I found that when, when folks think about that, it takes a little bit of the, the dynamic of this, this, like, sort of uneven dynamic of, like, a, you know, a, an employer and an employee or a, a someone who's, you know, above someone else in any kind of pecking order or hierarchy and instead allows for them to think that they are, you know, the, the perception, I think it's a true perception, is that they're more likely to be engaging with a peer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all come with different backgrounds, set of experiences, and that may help at least initially, um, you know, help that individual gain the confidence to go forth. Something that I was reading in preparation for this in line with that idea. I mean, preparing is, an ex- is a strong term. I'll take I, it. I'll I read a paper. Yeah. Uh, but it was from the Harvard Business Review, so we'll take that. Uh, was, was talking about how um, I'm not an introvert, but how introverts can network mm-hmm. and different ways to go about doing that. 
And one of the things it recommended, and I thought, oh, man, that's so cool. I'd love to set up something like that, was to design a networking event yourself that, yes, it's networking, but it doesn't have to look like networking. Right. And so they had recommended this idea of um, having a dinner party. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what, you know, with peers, with people that you know of, hey, I know a bunch of people, you know somebody, let's all just get together and have dinner together. Mm-hmm. And it along with dinner, you start talking about your lives, start talking about what you do, and it turns into a little bit of a networking event, but it's more tailored towards what you enjoy in a smaller atmosphere or whatnot. And so trying to find those ways in which you can network that fit your personality, I think, are kind of important. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the, uh, you know, we talk about networking, and I think automatically um, folks minds might go to to get a job right like that and that and that that's not lost on us that's probably one of the end goals here um but it's also info gathering and getting comfortable with small talk right to your point brian about you know engaging with folks around a dinner table that's it's a lot of practice around small talk and how to strike up conversation with folks um so it's it's info gathering but then it's also um, allowing yourself to kind of recalibrate what some of your interests are. You know, Molly, you joke about like, oh, I hope you're interested in that thing, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes you'll find that just by talking to people, talking about their jobs and what they do for a living and what they like and what they don't like, that really helps you recalibrate like, is this the right fit for me? Is this really what I should be pursuing and doing? And, you know, oftentimes we'll have students sit in analysis paralysis and they're just going forward and doing the thing that they think they're supposed to be doing or that they should be doing. And the only way that you're going to be able to recalibrate and determine whether or not you're going in the right direction is by talking with people who are doing these kinds of things. Um, But then, of course, you know, again, it's it's not lost on us that a lot of the times we're talking about networking because you're hoping to find opportunities or get put pointed in the right direction to something that's of interest to you. Um, that might not be published or well-known or really out there. And and that's where, even though it can be painful, especially for those who are self-proclaimed introverts, <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that will yield us much better results in the long run than, you know, sitting behind a computer, applying for jobs, knowing that they're – or thinking that they're going into the abyss of the <laughs> Internet, right? Or even to think if they have – a particular perception of how a, a job or an industry or a career path or even working for a particular company will be, right? As I think everyone is trying to put on their best presentation of self in those moments. And so by engaging with those who are willing to share sort of a warts and all approach of what the pros and cons, the good, the bad of their given, their, you know, albeit singular experience, but their experience nonetheless is important because if that brings forth something that you need to investigate further, better for you to have that information then when you're in the initial engagement phase than when you learn it three years into a job and you're like, oh, oh, this isn't good. What (laughs) what should I, I should have, I should have known, if only I had known. And we need to be able to be willing to find those faults and encounter those faults and to stare them in the eye and say either, okay, you win, uh, this isn't for me, or in spite of you, your existence or your perceived existence, I, I will move forth. Right. And I think that also puts – I think that is often lost on people because I don't think they actually – I think some people don't think that they have power in that situation. 
Like you have, you get to control that. You get to, to say, I'm done. I'm good. And you can focus <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. Right. And that's why, you know, even, you know, different conversation for a different day. But when it comes time to even think about which industries or jobs or organizations are right for you, you know, having two of <laughs> something <laughs> is probably insufficient. Having 200 is another problem. But the idea here is to continue to explore and know your options so that you can then, uh, you know, how to how to expand or, or contract if need be. Yeah. And Brian, one of the things that uh, you mentioned and something that I found from that, uh, in order to get to knowing what some of those weaknesses are mm-hmm. associated with that position or that company or what have you, is the importance of follow-up when you're doing any sort of networking. And that it wasn't until I started actually building a relationship, having a continued engagement with an individual, that I started to really um, hear about some of the more hidden weaknesses associated with that company. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important that when you go to a networking event or whenever you are doing any sort of networking, that it doesn't die there, that there is follow-up, there is continued engagement, and that's where the, the real power is, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in, in, in being mindful of, uh, you know, again, thinking about how long we can go on talking about all these wonderful little nuances of these processes, but thinking about follow-up as well, as I think there's another perception, a misperception, that this is something that's like this, this grueling slog, this, this whole new job of just managing all these engagements on your own. And, you know, to your point, Brian, I think you're absolutely correct in that, um, you know, continuing the conversation where and when appropriate is is important and necessary, but it is not always like a new friendship. It is something that yeah yeah that's fair. You know, it's mm-hmm. something that is I, I'd say more mild, even at its most sure. engaging. And hey, if a friendship comes out of it, that's that's wonderful too. Why not? But mm-hmm. for the most part, these are you know a couple of of check ins over the course of maybe a year. Um, but if the conversation says, well, let's keep moving this forward, let's get, you know, we had coffee, let's go get lunch next week. That's also great. Cause you're, you're to your point, you're right. You're going to get more honest information that way. You got to get past the advertisement. Yeah. That is for sure. Yep. Um, you know, companies and organizations, they are wonderful at showcasing how great they are, their open space concepts and environments, do your laundry on site, you know, all of those kinds of things. But, you know, you have to start to unearth what the experiences are like for the employees there. And networking is the only way that I know of to <laughs> to get that kind of information. Absolutely. And all the more reason to go to as many sources as you can so that you can gain those different perspectives even within a given organization, right? Because you're going to get a couple different versions of that as you move forward. Absolutely. Um, All right. Well, I think we are going to be wrapping up today. Uh, We want to thank you for tuning into this episode of Take This Job and Love It. Uh, We are representatives of the Office of Career Strategy at Yale University. You can uh, read up on an array of different resources that we uh, have available to one and all at ocs.yale.edu. We also have some social media out yes. there. Yes, right? yes. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. We're on all of them. All of them. We're thorough <laughs> and exhaustive. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time.